prepare yourself, dear reader, for another gripping tale of adventure, drama, and self-discovery. This is Wonder World Comics. My name is Justin Reed, and I will be playing Stitch, and she is from the Newborn Playbook. We are super excited to have you and Stitch joining us. Why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about Stitch, where they are from, and what they look like, and why they look the way they do. Stitch is a bio-magical android who takes the form of, essentially, one very long piece of string that becomes the humanoid that she is. She is an ever-shifting being. But the things that stay true are her love for theater as her first memories are basically plummeting out of the air and landing in a midtown theater. Yeah, so Stitch does, uh, she does appear to be human, correct? Yes, Stitch has a very humanoid appearance and her normal appearance is about a girl who's roughly 18 to 19, about 5'10 in height has, depending on the day and her mood, generally a shade of red hair, whether it's traditionally red hair, auburn, bright red, um, it shifts just like her skin tone. Um, it takes on the form of, like, she does not appear to, like, unless under close inspection, to be anything other than human. She was created by an artifact that has really no name or description at this point, but it is a very long needle about six inches long, and a little bit creepier sinister if you were to look at it, and this is something she keeps with her always, um, though usually concealed. And it uh, has a big effect on, you know, who she is and how she moves and shifts. What does she wear normally? Uh, kind of in day-to-day, does she have a superhero outfit? Well, um, one of her powers, her incredible uh, elasticity, is kind of used as shifting in her power so she doesn't actually have like a superhero form and the midnighters until they got to know her may not even recognize her the first time she pops up or uh appears in the scene she has been stalking them for a number (laughs) of months um she definitely favors particular like types of clothing she loves hoodies because moonflower does um and she almost always has a hood on it also helps her conceal herself um, she loves anything that's knitted or woven, and that's one of the giveaways to her mimicry is if she particularly likes a fabric, it kind of follows through her clothing into her being, um, which is essentially like um, a very advanced android that was repurposed magically, sort of a failed experiment that was given live accidentally. Wonderful. So, yeah, uh, tell us about your abilities. What are Stitch's superpowers? And uh, and where do they come from? Well, because of her makeup, she is very sturdy and durable. Um, the specific powers I picked were super strength and durability and fantastic elasticity. I kind of touched on the elasticity and the fact she like, can shift her form and makeup, mm-hmm. whether it's to more humanoid forms or just inanimate objects basically 
depending on her mastery, she can or cannot take many forms. And she also can weave and unweave herself, being a creature made of thread. And uh, these threads are kind of her durability and strength. She can... The best way to put it is, it's hard to hurt or break her up. You might unweave her, you might knock her into a pile of thread. Mm -hmm. She's just going to kind of sew herself back together. Yeah, um, yeah. She kind of reweave herself however she sees fit. Her form itself and the way she can manipulate it is just very strong. She's not easily pushed around. That is so cool. So uh, we touched on this a little bit, uh, but this mystical, magical needle created you. Can you tell us a little bit about um, like some of your first memories on like how you came into contact with this needle and kind of how Stitch came into being as much as you remember? Absolutely. Um, she's on the deck of an advanced ship or enclosure of some kind. She's not very familiar, but there's lights and panels and uh, the sound of rushing wind. And in front of her is a beautiful but very distressed um, scientist. And she just is staring directly at Stitch in the eye. And she remembers her telling her two different things. Always remember, you're just like everyone else, but you can never let them find you. Then she's just, uh, she hears a beep. Uh, the rush of air, and she shoved backwards and just remembers falling. Um, she wakes up in the attic of one of Midtown's theaters, and she has the needle with her. It's her first possession. She knows she needs to keep it, and the awesome. name she has is from the tag on the uh, needle that says Project Designation Stitch. Sweet. And that kind of leads me into our next question. Um, Who is your uh, first yeah, sort of friend or caretaker? That would be Bernadette Melnath, which the readers may remember from Sam's introduction. Um, she is the elderly lady that Waldo helped with his groceries. She is a local seamstress and I believe a Silver Age costume designer for Heroes. And she currently runs the Hijinx Variety Show Theater and Late Night Cabaret. Oh my god, I love it. What about humanity fascinates you the most? I mean, they're heroes. Her main experience has been sneaking into theaters, movie theaters, stage productions, and shows over the past couple months when she can't stalk the Midnighters. Mm-hmm. So, really, she wants to know how she can be a hero, how she can be the main character, like she sees everyone else. Cool. So she she just wants to be part of the story. That is so awesome. Um, how old is Stitch? How long has it been since they plummeted from the sky? About a month ago, then. The Night of the Bridge incident with Clockwork. Okay. Okay. Fascinating. I'm sure that's totally not a coincidence. And uh, I guess, what is it um, specifically about the Midnighters that fascinates you? Why have you sort of latched on to them as a group and as a team? Oh, I mean, it's we really can... pretty easy. The Midnighters were the the catalyst for uh, Langley and his bill to 
That's probably the biggest thing Absolutely. in the news. And while she's going around, mm-hmm. like, assuming the Midnighters have that been was, in the news several times. Yeah, that was just the big story, right, when she kind of arrived. So uh, there are a couple of relationships on your character sheet. Uh, Blank is an exemplary human, and they show you around and tell you how things work. And the behavior of Blank confuses you again and again. You're determined to understand humanity better by studying them. Even though probably purely through stalking, it would be <laughs> Sam Southpaw is an exemplary human. Amazing. They show and tell us how things work. Maybe not explicitly. They may not know it. But I think they're the thing, like the person who does things most human and most normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also the least evasive. Mm-hmm. So she probably yeah. spends a lot of time following Sam, hoping Sam runs into the other Midnighters. And I mean, it specifically says exemplary human. And he's yeah, kind of the only one she's sure is actually human. <laughs> he is he is very much the uh, the platonic ideal of a human. He <laughs> is the proverbial featherless bipede. <laughs> I am so excited to have Stitch and Katie get to know each other. <laughs> and I think for the opposite of that, the behavior of Moonflower confuses you again and again. Awesome. Because I can never catch up with her or interpret her emotions. Mm-hmm. She's very guarded. To understand mm-hmm. humanity better by studying her. As the newborn character, uh, yeah, the uh, the whole kind of shtick with your playbook is you have these um, these rules, these lessons that are kind of you, you're ingrained into your personality and kind of define how you understand and interact with the world at first. Um, and we kind of touched on those already. Your uh, your two uh, lessons are um, I am just like everyone else and never let them find you. So yeah, so the newborn has this really cool mechanic. Whenever you embody one of your lessons, you get to shift one label up and one label down of your choice. And then if you cause a misunderstanding, collateral damage, or unintended consequences in the process, you get to mark potential and learn from your mistakes. And you can also try to reject these lessons as if you are rejecting the influence of an NPC. And if you uh, are successful, you can erase it and write a new lesson. Um, And that's kind of how they represent you growing and learning more about your world. Tell us a little bit about um, the moves you start with. We gave you a bonus advance. So you start with Yes. Um, One of the moves I'm picking is essentially just an additional condition. It's damage. Conditions are sort of like hit points. So it's basically you can take one more powerful blow or mark one more condition before you get KO'd. I guess the important part about it is it cannot be fixed without external help, special equipment, or ability. So then I also have not from around here. Uh, when I act clueless, goofy, or confused to get out of a sticky, mundane situ- situation, roll plus free. On a hit, I create an opportunity, a distraction, or a plausible excuse. On a 7 to 9, I feel all the weight of playing the clown and of people staring. The GM shifts one of your labels up and one down. On a miss, no one is fooled, and you put yourself in the crosshairs. Oh my gosh, this That'll is probably happen a lot. This is so much fun. Oh and man. We have, uh, regeneration. When I'm taken out, you can trigger an emergency regeneration process. If you do, your body undergoes an unpredictable transformation, and in mere moments, you're back on your feet and ready to fight. Clear three conditions and choose three from the list below, including swap an ability, lose an important memory of a teammate, 
forget all your lessons, change your physical appearance, or change your gender identity or presentation. And then uh, the last uh, little thing you get is you get a little bonus um, when you uh, approach your caretakers with a problem. Um, tell us a little bit about that. This case, I've chosen my uh, my guide or my caretaker to be the needle. So while I don't know much about it, the needle will be the thing I go to and kind of muse to in the quiet darkness when everyone else is sleeping and I'm pretending to be sleeping. And I'm assuming it's going to just respond by, you know, sewing affirmative messages into throw pillows or messing with billboards or however it chooses to communicate with me. Awesome. Um, are there any other cool details or information uh, or anything else you'd like to share with us about Stitch? Oh, just generally for all the players, it'll yeah. be really easy to refer to her. Um, she goes by she, her, hers pronouns. Uh, she always considers herself female, even when shifting or in a more masculine or male form. At that point, like if she's role-playing as a male character, she just considers herself bi-gender. So she's male and female at the same time. So feel free to continue using she, her pronouns. Cool. Very cool. Uh, and uh, Sawyer, do you have any questions for uh, Stitch? Only only one for Stitch. <clears throat> Stitch is a biologically magical android made of a living thread, correct? That is all correct. It's a pretty good summary. And yeah. And as such, uh, it looks like in your bio and notes, the thread creates uh, vestigial functional organs. However, they may not necessarily fully function. Yes. Question mark? (laughs) So, does Stitch produce heat? There's probably actually an insane amount of heat generated from the friction, because while she's one long continuous thread, it is folded for itself several times. Like she can extend like three quote unquote threads, but those are all just the one continuous thread. Her damage condition will actually come into effect if she's actually physically cut and severed, because that doesn't really happen. Holes are blown through her. She is like loses the ability to maintain her form or her organs can be damaged, but like the thread doesn't get cut. In your uh, problem. Stitches pupils, are they just are they just black colored thread that um, mimic pupils or does she have to consciously um, resize them as needed if she's trying to mimic a biologic being? I did think about this, especially with your character. She does process light through her eyes, and it is absorbed similarly to humans. Um, any change in her pupils is probably exaggerated, and it's more based on her attempt to mimic either zany faces or stuff she sees on TV or cartoony effects. I don't think they... her irises or pupils function like a human do and like naturally change depending on like the value right. of life. It would uh it seems that they would act a little more like like a camera lens. Yes. That is accurate. Gotcha. 
Cool, cool. Well, uh, thank you for sharing, Justin. Uh, I am so, so excited for Stitch to join the Midnighters. Wonder World Comics is an actual play podcast of Masks, A New Generation by Brendan Conway. This issue was GM'd by Michael Dunham, who can be found on Twitter at Galvanic Man. Southpaw is played by Charlie Smiley, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Big Sky Charlie. Moonflower is played by Kyra Nelson, who can be found on Twitter at Kyra M. Nelson. Graviton is played by Sawyer A. The Righteous Flame is played by Theodore Hampton, who can be found on his website at theohamptonphoto.com. Stitch is played by Justin Reed. Wonderworld Comics is produced and edited by Michael Dunham. The music is from Dvorak Symphony No. 9. Do you have questions or comments? You can get a hold of us on Twitter at wwcomicspodcast or send us an email at wwcomicspodcast at gmail.com.